How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there and welcome Celtics fans to the Locked On Celtics podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am John Corrales, joined today after a very brutal loss by Sam Packard. Sam, we got to stop meeting this way. This is terrible. Yeah, we got to find a more better way to conversate and just like have some fun after God, once in a while. This is horrible. Celtics smacked around by the Washington Wizards. 118 to 93. They lost uh, all but the second quarter, that one bright spot where they outscored the Wizards by 11. But really, this game was lost uh, in the first quarter where they were outscored 34 to 8. While you process that 34 to 8, I'm going to remind you that we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We have a series of podcasts. It's going to be interesting to see what the Lockdown Wizards guys are saying after this game. But you can go there and download their show and check out what's going on with them, how they're reacting, their take on the game, their take on the Celtics. Uh, that'll be That's something you can do after any one of our opponents. Uh, or leading into the game, go to Lockdown NBA, Lockdown Fantasy, check them out. As always, we appreciate your subscription to the show. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, any place you get your podcasts, you can find us and please rate us five stars. Okay, so 34 to 8 in the first quarter. Jay King, who is in Washington right now, talking to the guys, trying to figure out what they are saying about their disgusting rebounding numbers, he posted this recap on MassLive.com. He always does great work. I want to read this paragraph about the first quarter. During that wretched quarter, the Celtics missed all eight of their three-pointers, failed to make a single free throw, and racked up as many turnovers, four, as made field goals. They were outscored by Otto Porter, 13-8, to allowed Washington to hit six of seven triples, and gave up offensive rebounds on five of the nine Wizards' misses. According to research by the Globe's Adam Himmelsbach, the Celtics' 34-8 deficit after one equaled just the 37th time since 1954 that a team was outscored by at least 26 points in the first quarter. The Celtics have not scored fewer than eight points in a first quarter in more than four decades, according to ESPN. That's the nutshell. That's the first quarter. Ah. Oh. I feel like I'm just echoing what I said against the Nuggets game. It's just you can't dig yourself a hole like that and expect to be in ball games. They scored 35 points in the second quarter, and we're still down by so much. It's it's just absurd 
just lack of effort on pretty much all all three phases of the game. If you want to call offense, defense, and rebounding, it's just it's absurd. It was it's just not what you've come to expect from the Celtics team. And I just at this point, I don't know if the problem is is just where they're missing Jay Crowder and Al Horford because the starters or who you think the starters are going to be. Uh, Thomas, Bradley, and Smart all played over 35 minutes tonight. It's just that the rest of the team is not doing anything of value. No, it's really it's tough to watch, and this is primarily an effort thing, and that that's what gets me. That's what's pissing me off now, and it's what's pissing off a lot of Celtics fans. It's that this effort is being put forth, quote-unquote effort, this complete lack of effort, on a regular basis. And really, what really, really bothers me about this game, and in the grand scheme of things, in the long run, we will forget what happened here. Uh, we'll be somewhere in March. We'll say, hey, remember that that crappy Wizards game back in November? Oh, yeah, 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 that was terrible. In this moment, this is infuriating as a fan to watch this because you just sucked at home. You just did this. And after the game, everyone just said, like literally a day ago, two days ago, that we need to be better. We're all talk. We need to come out with more urgency and blah, 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 blah. And then you come out the very next game after two days off and you flew in the night before. No excuses. You come out and you get spanked. 34 to 8 and give up a ton of offensive rebounds. 33 to 10 second chance points. Wizards outscored the Celtics 33 to 10 in second chance points. How is that possible? How do you, the Boston Celtics, after the Nuggets game, do this? I can understand, like, look, maybe Otto Porter gets hot. That stuff happens. But coming out and getting spanked right away, the first thing you do right after you say all that stuff is just inexcusable. And I, I can't I can't even gather my thoughts here properly because it's so infuriating to watch when professional athletes just tell you, just tell the fans that they're not going to do this anymore and they need to be better effort-wise, and then they come out and they just lay another egg. The, the rebounding thing is the most frustrating because if you've ever played basketball at all in any sort of organized five-on-five fashion, you know that that's something that if you just put a little bit of effort into, you can improve your chances. The shot goes up. You try to find your man to box out, and you put a body in him. And I don't countless times tonight, the Celtics just had five guys looking up at the basketball with no physical contact with any member of the Wizards team, organization, anything. It was just kind of looking and just then a confused look on their face when the Wizards ended up with the basketball. And it's purely – it's an effort thing. And that's – it's kind of shocking because you know – Basically, the team has known this entire year that rebounding is going to be something that they struggle with. So you'd expect them that to be something they focus on and work harder at. And for them to come out and just not even attempt to box out is absurd. And Amir Johnson, playing 24 minutes tonight, ends up with three total rebounds. 
if he's going to be your primary big man in there, he has to do a better job than that. The fact that Isaiah Thomas uh, finished the game as the tied with Olenek with six rebounds as the leading rebounder on the team is absurd. That man is 5'9". <laughs> Something has to change, and it just – I can't believe I'm – miss Jared Sullinger's big ass at this point because that's exactly what the Celtics need is just someone to put their ass into uh, the opponent and box them out. It's the simplest effort thing you it can do. It really is. You go out there. It's it's basic. You find the guy. You put your hand on him. And then you turn and put your ass on his leg and you push. That's it's the most basic thing. You Find your guy, identify a guy you're going to box out, turn, and just put your body on him. Stop him, okay? Just stop him from moving forward and getting the ball. I tweeted out a picture of one of Otto Porter's seven offensive rebounds. By the way, the Celtics as a team had seven offensive rebounds. Otto Porter had seven by himself. And three of those Celtics offensive rebounds went to the aforementioned Isaiah Thomas. So that's pretty terrible. That is pretty effing terrible. Uh, but I tweeted out a picture of five Celtics staring at the shot that had gone up and an arrow at Otto Porter who swooped in, got the offensive rebound, and scored. I looked. The craziest thing about that photo was that there are five Celtics in the paint and Otto Porter, when the ball is up, is basically at the yeah. elbow. It's like he had to run by four Celtics just to get the basketball. The Celtics' offensive rebounds that they gave up came in all sorts of different ways. I wrote a few of them down because I was just trying to chart what happens. So the very first one was uh, Gortat off a of pick and roll where Zeller uh, went out and put a hand up, and no one rotated over, and Gortat was just standing there by himself. The ball went right to him. That is a complete defensive breakdown. So the Celtics had offensive breakdown, uh, I mean defensive breakdown, offensive rebounds that they gave up. They gave up those lack of effort ones that we were just talking about, where Amir Johnson didn't box out. Uh, There was one where Jason Smith ran baseline, with no one touching him, he ran from the corner where he was spotting up, then ran baseline as the shot was going up, jumped right past, I forget who it was, and then tipped it in. Easy second chance point right there. Uh, they did give up a couple where Porter went up over Isaiah Thomas and went up over Marcus Smart. He's got height advantage over those guys. Sometimes that's going to happen. Okay, fine. You're going to give up some offensive rebounds. There were a couple like that. The best one, though, The best offensive rebound that they gave up. This was a thing of beauty. Bradley Beal. Going in for the layup. Falls down. Puts the shot up. Falls down. Amir Johnson's on one side. I want to say Isaiah Thomas or Avery Bradley was on the other side of him. On the floor. Bradley Beal catches an offensive rebound while he is on the floor. And kicks it back out. So, that's just mind-blowing. How does a guy get an offensive rebound while he's on the floor? Behind Amir Johnson. <sighs> it makes no sense. It, it's, it's, it's like, it, it really is an effort thing. You can, you can say maybe somewhere like scheme and that the, with the de- defensive shifting and 
um, rotations, and maybe they'll leave a guy underneath the basket for easy uh, putbacks. But the Bradley Beal one and just the lack of – they don't even do the lazy man box out where it's just like throwing up an elbow in between someone else. It was just a lot of just looking up yep. and kind of wondering or not even jumping up to try and grab the rebound, just kind of staying uh, planted and waiting for it. It's just – it's – when you come – that might be fine if they were also playing defense. If they were playing the, the kind of top-notch defense that we expected – they might be able to get away with this kind of piss poor rebounding. But when you combine the two, that's how you end up uh, losing a first quarter 34 yeah. to eight. Yep. And it just, all right. Uh, I'm, I'm going to move on from the rebounds. I'll move on from the rebounds because I, I can just yammer about it all night, but I've said everything I'm going to say. The bottom line is the Celtics went into this game knowing that effort was an issue in the last game and they didn't give one early on and especially on the, in the rebounding side and they gave up a ton of offensive rebounds, a ton of second chance points and it, it burned them again. So that that's basically it. They lost tonight by, uh, what was it? 25 and the second chance points, uh, differential was uh, 23. So <laughs> you take away those second chance points and you get yourself a close game. And who knows what happens when you have that kind of close game. And, and defensively, I think the Celtics, they're, they're going to get smashed for having a bad defense. And part of defense is rebound. You give up 118 points. You give up 50% shooting and forty, almost 48% from three. That's, that's a bad defensive night. But part of the reason why they gave up 50% shooting is after each miss – they got a rebound and put it in. So they hit they you miss one you make one. That's 50%. Boom. If the Celtics could have corralled any significant number of those rebounds and not given up 19 offensive rebounds, they that defense would look much different even if they missed all of the shots and and still only scored 93 points. They that defense did force some missed shots. Uh they did make some very basic defensive mistakes throughout the game. I'm not going to sit there and say they played good defense, but giving up those offensive rebounds is it, it skews what, what's really happening on the floor. They are forcing misses. They are forcing. They they are getting a result, a desired result, which which is a missed shot. They're just not finishing off the defensive possession by getting the rebound. And so, yes, defensive rebounding is a massive part of playing defense. You have to actually finish things off. But there are good things that are happening on the defensive end that the lack of rebounding is completely throwing out the window. I like how you said you uh, were going to move on from the rebound. I totally did not. I did to, not move on. <laughs> you came back to the rebound about eight more times, but it's that glaring of an issue. Um, I think you're right that it, it magnifies it, but there are some some problems with uh, the Celtics' defense, and it's kind of missed rotations, not great um, kind of pick-and-roll coverage. Actually, uh, Sean Devaney today of Sporting News apparently talked to a – Anonymous NBA scout um, who is talking about kind of the defensive struggles of the Celtics. And he said one of their major issues is um, this is the NBA scout. Uh, their pick and roll defense has not been good, and perimeter defenders are kind of not steering ball handlers uh, out of the paint. 
They're not doing good jobs on closeouts, on spot-up shooting, and just their general lack of size has been has been hurting them. Uh, and you would think these are things that uh, the return of Jay Crowder and Al Horford would help, but there's there's still kind of fundamental. I don't know if it's scheme or effort issues there, but there are some sloppy, like real sloppy closeouts, like biting on up fakes where you really there's no business um, really going for that. It, it, there's they I I understand the point that it's been magnified by the lack of rebounding, but there's still some just terrible possessions um, by this team, and it I just think it's at some point it's just a lack of talent um, on the bench. The bench has really just played. So poorly, whoever you throw out there, Jalen Brown, Gerald Green, Jarebko has been, I don't even want to start talking about Jarebko because I like him so much, but he's been terrible. There's just, it hasn't been a, a good effort from anyone on the Celtics not named Bradley Thomas or uh, Marcus Yeah, that, that's a big problem. It, and again, we, I do want to say, I don't want to stress that when the guys, when we do get healthy, there's a... A lot of these things snap into place, and the Celtics are a team, as I've said, that they need everybody to be in place. When the Celtics are fully healthy, the Celtics can be really good, and I know I'm saying that after they've looked really, really terrible, but that's kind of the point, that once everything is in place, that is fantastic, but once you start pulling two and three pieces out of it, they don't have enough to overcome that. They just don't. So that's where the Celtics are. That's who they are. At full strength, they'll be they'll be pretty good. And I think a lot of those defensive things will clean themselves up a little bit when it's not Tyler Zeller running a pick and roll defense. It's Al Horford who can communicate better, can see things better, can move better, can recognize things. Though that is really really important. That that stuff will some of it is going to need work, but some of the stuff will, I don't want to say magically be fixed, but the talent level increasing will fix some of these problems. So hopefully there was good news today that Horford has made a, a, a step forward in the concussion protocol. Can we, can we talk about the concussion yeah. protocol? What is <laughs> this? Why? <laughs> that, I maybe I'm just like not used to NBA players having concussions, but um, yeah, what is this mythical protocol? And Al Horford, who he apparently just got like an arm to the face. I know I'm a, a Twitter a Twitter doctor. I expected it to be back. A yeah, while I know. Ago. Well, basically, so the, the protocol goes like this: you get hit in the face, something, you get a blow to the head, boom, you you experience concussion symptoms. Then, as soon as you experience those, you are in the protocol. So, nausea, sensitivity to lights, you know, whatever. So, once you are symptom-free, you start a, an increasing level of physical uh, activity. It's one of those steps is running, just straight running. That's why you saw him on the treadmill. He's running on the treadmill. You got to do that for however long it is. Stop. Be symptom-free after that, and then the next day, if you're symptom-free, you can go to the next thing, which is some agility drills, non-contact stuff. And if you're symptom-free after that, you can move forward. But if at any time you experience those symptoms, you stop and you go back and you start over. you got to go 
back to the beginning. I think it's the beginning or back a couple of steps and and start over and be symptom free until you go through the whole thing, go through a full contact uh, or increasing levels of contact, and at the end you got to go through a full contact practice, be symptom free, and then the team doctor talks to the the NBA's concussion doctor specialist guy. And they compare notes and they say, okay, good, you're done, you're in, once you're symptom-free throughout that whole thing. But after each step, you have to stay symptom-free. You can't sit there and be like, I have a little bit of a headache. Boom, done, back to the beginning. Do not pass go, do not collect $200, do not come back. you got to start from the beginning. That's it. And different guys, you could be like Homer Simpson, and they could hit you with a surgical (laughs) 2 by 4 over and over again. But Or you could be a guy that, you get a little ding to the head and it takes you two weeks to come back. Brain injuries, like a concussion, it's it's an individual thing. And and even within the same person, a guy could get smacked real hard and be back in two days, go through the protocol, be fine, and then get something that doesn't seem like it's as, as hard and it could take him two weeks. Each individual injury takes long. It's its own individual thing. So it's it's a lot. I know. I, I'm admittedly speaking from a place of complete ignorance on the matter because I've never had a concussion and don't know how at all I, I would react like that. But it's just – I think my my frustration with Al Horford not playing is doubly and triply compounded by how terribly the Celtics are playing. And I just – you you want him back in uniform. You want to remember the time. The Al-gasms of the oh, preseason I know. seemed like they were so far I away. I miss those. I miss those. Those were fun. We did have – we did have one um, Celtic return tonight, and that's uh, the dirty Canadian, Kelly, Kelly Olynyk. Uh, how did you think he I, did? I think he looked like Kelly Olynyk. <laughs> he looked like he looked pretty <laughs> Kelly Olynyk-ish. Where I had my, you know, he caught the ball and he kind of upfaked, and I looked at him. I was like, "Shoot, shoot it, shoot that!" <laughs> uh, as soon as I did, I was like, "Oh man, it's my first day yelling at Kelly Olynyk to shoot the ball." That's that's what we do. So it, he he was he missed a bunch of those shots. What was he? One of six. Yeah, one of six. O oh, of three from three. So, but in a game where you lost by twenty five points, he was a minus one over twenty six minutes. So, on the, on the plus minus scale, he did okay. He grabbed six rebounds, which, as you said, was tied for the team lead with uh, <laughs> Isaiah Thomas. 5'9", Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> uh, Brad Stevens, after the game, said that uh, Olenek, he said, quote, I thought he was excellent defensively. We were better with him on the court. So that's that's reflected sort of in the, in the plus-minus, that when everyone else, for the most part, is minus big numbers, he was basically even. So that's better so we'll see I think in the end he's going to be Kelly Olenek defensively he is that quote-unquote position defender he's not going to lock anybody up but he's going to be in the right place at the right time and do some good things and grab a couple of rebounds like he did tonight if that shot can come up and he can be aggressive out there then we'll be okay we'll be okay I think Olenek will be okay yeah it's only his first game back so you would expect him to be uh, a little bit rusty when it comes to the shot. It seemed like all of his uh, shots were a little bit short tonight, which is to kind of be you would think would happen coming back, especially from a, a shoulder injury like that. But you're right. He definitely 
made some sort of impact in just the fact he was able to grab some defensive rebounds and it adds a little bit. People forget that he's seven feet tall. He adds a little bit of size out there. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Stevens kind of inserts him into the starting lineup because this Tyler Zeller experiment is not working out whatsoever. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he did that uh, or ended up starting Marcus Smart because the Celtics can't get out to these starts that they have. And they just need to worry about like starting a game competitively. So uh, I don't. I could see either or, or maybe even both Olenek and Smart entering the starting lineup. But something's got to change because this is two games in a row where just the the effort in the first six minutes even has been a uh, yeah. terrible. I, I would have. I thought they were going to start Marcus tonight. I thought it would be a great idea to put him and Avery Bradley up against Wall and Beal and and just go that way, but. Uh, I don't know. Brad had different ideas and uh, started Jalen Brown again. Maybe he maybe felt like the, it matched up better with, with Otto Porter in there. Clearly, that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, one of the things is uh, if you start smart at the three, you lose some size. But, yeah, but if the players are not boxing out, then it doesn't really matter with rebounding because you know Marcus Smart's going to do everything he can to grab a rebound. So his whatever size you're losing, you're make, well – making up for in uh in just yep. effort and and marcus smart had a, a supernova third quarter and this is so typical of tonight smart had 18 points in the third quarter the celtics lost that quarter by five so smart went nuts <laughs> and and that and another you know great thing that happened is just a great uh, encapsulates this team in, in this game very nicely john wall got kicked out Flagrant two for a cheap shot tossing Marcus Smart to the ground. They get in. They get all tangled up. Marcus Smart gets a tech when it's all said and done. So he misses two free throws. They hit the technical free throw, and the Wizards, after getting a flagrant two, increase their lead by one. So that was the night. That was the Boston Celtics night. So not a lot of positive out of this. Not we. Uh, Avery Bradley had another great offensive game, 21 points, 9 of 14 shooting, 3 of 7 from 3. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, 23 points, 10 assists, 6 rebounds, a great offensive night overall, 10 free throws, although his shot wasn't great, 6 of 18, and he did have a few turnovers. Uh, and, and Marcus Smart ended up with 20, but again, 18 in that third quarter. No one else really scored. You look at that that bench outside of Marcus Smart, they combined for what five, seven, nine points, so not not great at all. And Jalen Brown hasn't been great. Uh, frequent guest on the show, Ryan Bernadoni tweeted out that Jalen Brown's been pretty bad actually since that that game where everybody was like, "Oh wow, against the Cavs, he did great." He's been kind of bad since then. So it's going to be a typical, I think, up and down season for for Jalen Brown. So. Uh, I think he's going to benefit a lot from the guys coming back, and he kind of slide into more of the role that we expected him to play, which is limited minutes off of the bench. Yeah, with Crowder being out, it really kind of highlights the kind of lack of wing depth, and it's it's not good. It's not a good <laughs> thing in that. It's not good. At least, at least the Nets lost tonight. That's the silver lining oh, I'm going to take man. out of the yeah. Take out of the evening. All right. Well, I think I think we've vented enough. Thank you, 
I hope that you listening, if you're in your car on your way to work or at home or you know, maybe not out in public, yell along with us. You know, vent. Let it all out. I feel like a lot of us have a lot to vent about lately. So just let it all out. Let it be cathartic. Yell at your radio. Yell at your computer or your phone or whatever it is. I say yell out in public too because sure. that's just more entertaining yeah. for the general populace. If you're just walking, yell out a scream. Why not? Ah! <laughs> just do it. Just start saying things. Agree with me. Re- repeat us or yell at us, whatever. Just do it out as you're walking to work. Yell locked on Celtics. In, you're in the Boston Common. Just scare some uh, swans or some ducks or something. <laughs> whatever. Do it. Uh if it works, Hopefully it works. you are a subscriber to the show. If not, please subscribe. Please rate us five stars. Uh, we are here Monday through Friday for you. Uh, it's me, it's Jay, it's Sam, it's two of the three of us. Uh, somewhere along the way, we are all talking to you Monday through Friday so you can get your Celtics fix. Uh, this is the Thursday show recorded Wednesday night after a very disappointing and ugly loss to the Washington Wizards. Again, that is a 118-93 loss. The Celtics are struggling to get going early on this season. Hopefully, guys will come back. Hopefully, Horford starts making some some gains, and he's back on Friday. The Knicks on Friday. The Pacers on Saturday. And hopefully, these guys get healthy and things start to snap back into place. That's the show. Thanks for listening, as always. Oh, before we go, uh, this is me uh, on uh, the Big Jab in Portland, Maine with with Javier and Chris. Uh, If you listen to me up there, it's 96.3 FM. Uh, You'll follow my Twitter. You'll see it. But here's me on that show. We're tacked this on to the end if you want to keep on listening to Celtics Talk. Thanks for visiting us on the Locked On Podcast Network. We'll talk to you next time here on the Locked On Pod Celtics. Locked On Celtics Podcast. Damn it. (laughs) I'm leaving that in screw it (laughs) remember to yell people welcome back PM Jab Javier Garidi Chris Sedanko rolling through a Wednesday afternoon Check. Time to talk some Boston Celtics basketball. Joining us on the line now from the reigning J. Oh, no, sorry, Locked On Seas podcast, also from RedsArmy.com, at RedsArmy underscore John. He's John Corrales. John, how you doing, bud? I am John Corrales. I'm doing well, thank you. <laughs> I'm glad you verified that for us. Yes. People might not believe me otherwise. <laughs> uh, you know, a lot of people out there trying to impersonate me. That's true. I've heard that that's a problem for you. Yeah, yeah, running around Portland like crazy, trying to get free stuff. <laughs> John, uh, are the Celtics not that good? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just get right to it, why don't we? Uh, they, look, it's hard for us to figure out who the Celtics are. They haven't played with a full team yet. They're only getting Kelly Linick back tonight. They still don't have Horford. That concussion thing is lingering. Crowder still out. Marcus Smart came back, and, and we he didn't play with their full crew. So there's a lot that we don't know yet about this team. So they're still getting things together, and, and really their most important defensive players are, are not fully healthy. So give it a little bit of time. It's early. We haven't even gotten through Thanksgiving yet. So 
let's chill out on that. The offense is going really well. They're they're hitting shots. Avery Bradley looks great. I think once we put everything together, we can start to figure out if we should be panicking. And I don't think so. I think when everybody's together and healthy, this team's going to be a lot more of what we expected. The defense is going to get a lot better. And we'll see how that affects the offense. I think that it's all going to come together a little bit. Now, the Celtics aren't good enough to withstand a, a, a rash of injuries like this. It's not like they're the Warriors where you can take two or three guys and sit them down and bring in two or three guys and still be okay. The Celtics need to be at full strength. When, they're, when they are, they're good. When they're not, they're bad. And that's, it's, it's as simple as that. No, John, I, I do want to ask, though, is, is there or when when do you start getting a little bit concerned about Al Horford here who is missing games due to the fact that it is a concussion and concussions? You know, there's really no timeline when, when it comes to concussions. It, it you know, no, I, I guess you could say no two are the same. But the bottom line is it, this is a, a very, you know, it's a serious injury. It's a, it's it is a brain injury. Yeah. And, and the thing is, you don't see it. You don't know what's happening. Uh, you, you saw Jay Crowder land on Rajon Rondo's foot, turn his ankle. You saw it. You know what happened. You can see him limp and, and all of that stuff. You don't know what's happening inside a person's brain. You know, I could hit you over the head with a two-by-four and you'll be fine, so I'm told. But, you know, <laughs> guy gets a glancing blow and he ends up with a concussion. It's just a random thing that happens. And, you know, that's, you just got to wait and let the protocol do its work and as i've said before i'm thankful that this protocol exists even though it's costing us al horford for an extended period of time because it's really the health of the player that comes first and when i compare it to other leagues in the united states that haven't taken it as seriously we've seen what's happened to those players i'm happy to have this be the protocol it's just time consuming and he ran on the treadmill he did some work on the floor, and that after each one, you got to be symptom free. And if he's not, then you just sit and wait for the next opportunity to go out there and start it over again. We'll just have to wait. But I'm not concerned necessarily. It's not like he fell on his head. He just got uh, some sort of glancing blow, and, and this is just taking a little bit longer than people expect. John, Washington tonight, the Knicks in a couple nights, both games that are, are very winnable, even with Washington uh, being on the road tonight. Um, and it's early, and like you mentioned, it's not time to panic or, or to get too crazy here, but you know, it's early. You'd like to not get off to a horrendous start. These two next games that are winnable, even with a depleted roster, they're big, right? I mean, you'd like to see this team kind of handle those guys and, and get it going here. Yeah, I, look, we're not, we're not in must-win territory yet, but these are the games that you, you should win, even with being depleted a little bit. You get a Linux back, which is going to help a lot, I think. We'll have to see how rusty he is, but that is going to help. It's going to help the bench. And I wouldn't be surprised if that lets Brad Stevens start Marcus Smart, and you go out there with Smart and, and Bradley on Beal and Wall, and you really kind of lock down their strengths. And, and see if those other guys can beat you. That I, So I think this is a winnable game. Look, when we go to the end of the season and we start to wonder why the Celtics didn't win 50 games, they ended up winning 48 or something like that, and we look back and they lose this game and that Denver game, that's when you start going, you know, those are winnable games no matter what the situation is injury-wise. How do you like the um, progression of, of – uh... 
of Jalen Brown so far. I mean, he's he's probably gotten more minutes than we expected due to those injuries. And you know, I I love the story the other day about how you know Danny Ainge essentially has been working with him at practice quite a bit. So you know, obviously they've invested a lot in this guy. They believe in this kid, and it's it's been fun get seeing him get an opportunity, even though we probably didn't want to see him get this much of an opportunity so early on. Yeah, it's nice to see him do some stuff. He's shown some real promise, uh, a solid post game. He went up against LeBron James and, and held his own as much as a rookie could against LeBron James. Didn't stop LeBron, but he does, really. But he still held his own. He had some nice plays there. Not great, though. He, he's, his, shoot, his shooting is still inconsistent. And that we always knew that was going to be the case. But he's made some nice passes so far this season. He's got some good vision. Obviously a freakish athlete, so he's getting out there and running a bit. And he's smart, and he's determined and focused. And I think he's got all of the right tools to become a pretty good player. And assuming that he is here and not part of some sort of trade down the road, I like it. I think he's going to be a a really – he's going to grow into a key piece to this team's future. Like you mentioned, John, uh, Kelly Olenek looks like he uh, likely will be back tonight. And, you know, moving forward – tonight, I I can't imagine they're going to play him that much, but moving forward – what do you think uh, Olenek's role is here, especially with some of the injuries, and how's that going to change when guys like Horford and those guys get back? Well, hey, they, they say no restrictions tonight, so we'll see. And it's a shoulder injury, not any sort of lower body injury. So he could run, and he, he should be in cardiovascular shape. They've been waiting just for strength in that shoulder. So as long as his shooting is okay, he'll, he'll be winded because basketball shape, like game shape, is different. But he'll get... He'll get plenty of time, and they're going to count on him to be a B scorer off of the bench, especially right now. I think that's going to be his role long term, that he's going to be looked at as the bench scorer, the primary guy that's going to come in when you've subbed out Isaiah Thomas, and he'll get, he'll get you some threes and drive, and he'll dish. He's got all of those skills, and he just needs to be aggressive. What I've been hoping for this preseason or his preseason is that he'll get out there and be kind of forced to be aggressive. And aggressiveness is the thing that he's lacked. So if he can go out there and be aggressive and be uh, have that scoring mentality, then I think he's going to fill that bench scoring role pretty nicely. And I don't think that's going to change. That's just going to be his role no matter who's out there. Uh, he'll be asked to hit a lot of shots, spread the floor. If he's there with Isaiah Thomas, he'll be setting up in the corners a lot. But – He'll be asked to score a lot. John, this Washington team has to be one of the more disappointing uh, teams so far this year, especially when you think about the talent that it has. Uh, yeah, that's Washington has this uh, way of being disappointing so far uh, in 2016. <laughs> but that's the way it goes. I'm sorry, we're still talking basketball? That's all right, buddy. Yeah, that's you can go anywhere right. you want today, yeah. my friend. Yeah, that's it's all, all good. good. <laughs> The Wizards are disappointing, and you have to start asking questions if you're Washington. How long do you keep it? They just gave Bradley Beal a lot of money. John Wall's obviously under contract for a lot of them, but you got to sit there and say, are they are they going to do anything with this core? How much longer do you go with this core in Washington? So they're going to be an interesting team to watch, but those guys are explosive, and the one thing the Celtics don't have, especially without Horford, is some solid rim protection. And if Amir Johnson picks up any early fouls, 
or gets into any sort of trouble, it's entirely possible that those guys can go off and get hot and, and run away with the game. I mean, Emmanuel Moutier dropped 24 points in a quarter. Mm. It's not impossible for a guard to go out there and start scoring on the Celtics, and those two guys can get really, really hot. So I'm not going to sit there and look at that record and kind of brush them off. No way. Those guys can get hot. And But overall, I'm, I'm looking at Washington to, as a team that might might start blowing it up sooner rather than later. Well, and John, just to follow up on that, because that's what I wanted to ask you about that too, because what do you think happened there? I mean, they're kind of the poster child for a lot of early draft picks and, and not maybe completely tanking, but semi-tanking and building the team that way. Uh, and a lot was expected from this group. What do you think's happened there? Like, why hasn't the, why hasn't this thing come to fruition? Well, you know, there's you got to look at things like coaching. You got to look at things like injuries uh, and and guys like not living up to their potential. Bradley Beal was supposed to be the guy that made that huge, huge leap, and he hasn't kind of fulfilled his promise yet. Uh, I thought he was going to end up uh, as the most improved player last year and and have like a C.J. McCollum year, but he didn't. And uh, he might still, but those things. When you draft, you got to make sure you're drafting well. If you if you're building a team around those guys, you got to make sure you put the right pieces around them, because otherwise you're going to end up being like a, a New Orleans team where you've got supremely talented players and you make really poor decisions and build a bad team around them, and then you have coaching mistakes, front office mistakes. The whole thing can get away from you very very fast. So I think that it's just not a very smartly run uh, team as far as building around the talent they have. And then some of the talent they have hasn't lived up to its expectations. John, I'm interested in your thoughts and analytics after last night. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the time. Oh, man, I must be, you guys must need to go to a break or something. Oh, man. I felt well, bad. I felt, I felt bad last night, buddy. You know, it is what it is, yeah. uh, obviously. Uh, yeah, look, hey, <laughs> we're going to see how this goes. Uh, you gotta got to put faith in the process and faith in, in some of the people. We have checks and balances for a reason, and hopefully they kick in. And, and who knows? Uh, maybe this will be okay. Well, John, take heart. We made history by electing the first orange president in history. Tonight, yes, so. <laughs> we did. We did. I can't Love wait to it. see what job he gives Billy Bush. <laughs> <laughs> John, uh, always appreciate your time, my friend. Always enjoy it. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll hey, just, go ahead. Yep, I was just saying, just having a little bit of fun with it. That's all. Oh no, yeah, that's all no, good, absolutely. All good. No, no, we believe me. That's all we've done today is make fun of the entire thing. <laughs> so, that's been our four hours today. So no, uh, always appreciate your time, buddy. And we'll uh, catch up with you next week. Hopefully, Steve can win a couple games before we talk. That'd be nice. That would be nice. That'd make me feel a little bit better. All right, bud. Take See care, you, man. man. See you guys. See ya. That's John Corrales from uh, RedsArmy.com. You can also find him on Locked On Seas podcast. You can find him on Twitter at RedsArmy underscore John. Guy had a rough night last night. It was tough, dude. It was tough. Tough. All right, we're going to take a break. PM Jab After Dark, final segment next right here. Stick around.